0: Murder Clinic, stories of the world's great detectives of fiction. Men Against Murder.
1: Each week at this time, A Soul of Detroit turns the spotlight on one of the great figures of Podcasting and brings you his most exciting case. Tonight, the soul of Detroit's M.L. Elric, in the tragedy at
0: Mazda Manor.
1: You asked me to ride your a around my It's gone. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing that is not painful by them. That is painful by the people of Detroit. you might highly qualified, ML. I'm not qualified for this job. Let me tell you something. You want to go right now? Okay? You want to go right now? Hey, kids. It's your old pal, ML Elric, with another edition of ML's Solar Detroit. And today we have a very, very special guest. You may know him as Jerry Peterson. But that's probably only if you've entered in some sort of business contract with him or you hold a note to his house or to, uh, to his 1972 El Camino or whatever the hell he's driving these days. But the rest of the world knows him as Jerry Vile. Uh, And some people know him as the front man of the boners. Those people tend to be using walkers um, and hearing aids. Other people know him as the uh, publishing empresario behind Fun Magazine and Orbit Magazine. And now he's probably best known um, as that guy that uh, is hanging around the schoolyard. And people are like, is he okay? Well, he is okay. He's absolutely okay. But he is now... Best known as well. He he told me somebody came up to him and said, is that Santa Claus? And I said, I don't think you want to see what's in his sack (laughs) because he's putting on the dirty show, which started last weekend and runs again this weekend at the Russell Industrial Center, just off I-75 in Detroit. None other than Jerry Peterson, Jerry Vile. My friend, thank you for coming and joining us.
2: Hello, Mister Elric. How are
3: you, sir?
1: Yeah, I'm hanging in there. I'm uh, I'm I'm trying to figure out what I'm gonna do next. If I if I get some ab work done, I'm thinking <laughs> maybe I can audition for some of the performance stuff
2: next yeah, week. Be a go-go boy.
1: I, you know what? I I look amazing uh, in a uh, a leather piece and um and 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 zippered hood. <laughs>
2: I'm sure you do.
1: So yeah, pe- people say they like the hood because uh, it hides my face, which is. It's hurtful, but tough to, uh, tough to, um, tough to challenge. And, uh, and putting all this together is Mr. Mark Fellhauer, who's here in studio. And Sean Windsor joins us from an oxygen tank in Washington County, where he is continuing to coalesce and to write alternating columns about MSU's got their shit together, MSU's losing, MSU's got their shit together. I don't know what's going to happen tonight uh, against Penn State, but hopefully it's MSU still has their shit together. How are you feeling, Sean?
0: Coalesce, huh? That's an interesting word to use.
1: Yes, I have a thesaurus at home.
0: <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought you meant convalesce, but that's okay.
1: Did I say co- coalesce? I think yeah, I said right. Michigan State. I'm coalescing.
0: State. Here's the thing: I'm I coalescing. Two writers your argue about words. I'm coalescing around your greatness. <laughs> How About that.
1: So uh, I was before I came here. I was watching an old episode of How I Met Your Mother, where this woman refused to give uh, wondered, Ted a I always second I was wondering who date. watched those. Because uh, because he was the kind of guy who always pointed out errors in menus and on signs and stuff like that. And I thought, you know, nobody can really be that miserable in real life. And here we have proof that, no, you you can be. So, Sean, thank you for showing me that truth is indeed change in Fiction.
0: Yeah, I don't know that I've ever done that before to you, but uh, but thanks for making it a lifelong pattern. Yeah, no, no. And I no. like I, no, I the great. exaggeration.
1: It, it feels like the show is starting to convalesce. <laughs>
0: Well, you know, whose name's on the marquee
1: or coalesce as, as some, some <laughs> okay. etymologist. I'm,
0: I'm feeling okay. And, uh, I'm sorry that you're frustrated by your Spartans.
1: No, no. Thank I, you for I, it. I, I, I am glad that someone with your keen eye is watching them as they take those of us, uh, uh, in the, in the, uh, on the bandwagon through some very treacherous territory. But actually, it's not a bandwagon because I'm always on board, but it is frustrating to watch them sometimes.
0: You just don't want them to get paid, but you happily but you pull for them.
1: Uh, they're very well compensated, uh, but we can get to that another time when you're in studio <laughs> and it's easier for me to put my hands around your neck. But uh, our studio and our show is sponsored by two very generous patrons. Uh, you may know this one guy, Luke Nowacki. He, he helps people make sure that when they retire, they don't have to turn tricks, which is, is pretty cool. I I? would say so, yeah.
4: Luke's at uh, Pinnacle Wealth. He's going to find your finances. He's going to help your money make more money uh, because he's going to provide rational financial advice, stocks, bonds. If you have a 401K, how do you allocate that? If you have a business, you want to start a 401K, Luke can help you out there. College saving plans. Get those little kids on the right path. Get advice. Get a strategy. Once again, Luke, no wacky. Pinnacle Wealth, 248-663-4748. Because when you call Luke... He'll make
1: it all about you, sweetheart.
4: Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. by
1: F-I-N-R-A-S-I-P-C. Royal Alliance Associates, Inc. is separately owned and other entities and or marketing
3: names, products, and services referenced here are independent of Royal Alliance Associates, Inc.
1: Yeah. And before that, Invermectin kicks in and, and, uh, and knocks Sean into sleepy time. Let's, let's talk a little bit about David Hall, who has so many five-star reviews that uh, we don't have enough beads on our abacus to measure them but who also is still making some great refi deals as the Fed is raising those rates, do not wait, give Hall Financial a call Mark what, 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 what's the latest uh, from our friends over at Hall Financial?
4: Uh, they're saving you money already by saving you the cost of your appraisal, which That's- can save you up about 750 bucks approximately. So call hallfirst.com is the website com, or if you have a phone, one of those old-fashioned things 866. 866- Call Hall over 5,000 five star reviews, including uh, 10 stars from you, right? Because you used them true. twice.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's uh, speaking of abacus, I got to make. Yeah, although all, that's 10 green beads. So that's 10 times.
4: <laughs> of course, you use an abacus. It's old, it's it's solar powered. And it's old.
1: That's true, too. So
4: Jerry that's... and o- ML likes anything that's old.
2: Well, no wonder I'm a guest on the show.
1: <laughs> Well, there's a difference between old things and classics, and uh, and it is it is it is funny to see Jerry being confused for Santa Claus because when I first met Jerry back in 1990, I was looking through the photo file at the Detroit Free Press, and he was dressed as a flying nun. He was uh, the lead singer, the front man for the Boners, and uh, a, a a epic uh, punk band from the uh, the days when. When Bookie's was not a hipster joint in in the cast quarter, which are now as guests is called Midtown, but it was the place to go to see some really powerful driving music. Um so yeah, no, not not, to, uh, not
4: how do you not, describe not yourself? Vintage. Provocateur artist? I mean, how how do you describe yourself?
1: I, I usually don't have to. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> he as, just reads uh, what's on the warrant.
2: Yeah, the uh... It's usually left to other people, and it, it often starts with that, Jerry.
4: But you've done so many things.
2: Yeah, except uh, make a good living.
1: <laughs> well, that's that's one of the things that, that always fascinated me, too, is at the same time, you're on the edge pushing the envelope so much that there, at one time there was a club that booked your band but said you couldn't be inside. So, I mean, I don't know how that works as a business model. But you're also like the squarest cat around selling software I mean back in the 70s and 80s who the hell was selling software It was you and Peter Carmanos
2: <laughs> and Rick inatome
1: oh Rick yes in a comp whatever happened to that dude
2: uh my uh, partner in the software business bought the first computer that guy ever sold
1: damn damn and uh and how did you how did you manage that dichotomy sort of I mean, were you like a button-down software salesman, or did people come in and say, okay, who's this crazy guy with all the floppy disks?
2: Uh, We would come in with a bunch of floppies and uh, have to lug a portable computer, which uh, was not that portable.
1: And that's different from the floppies you're lugging around now at the Dirty Show.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Which, Those are called testicles. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh,
1: this, is, this is being broadcast live, so you can see us, but we're shooting from the waist up. So, so please, uh, if you're listening at home, feel free to check out the, the video replay on, on YouTube channel, M.L. Elric. We promise you will be able to eat uh, your three meals without any, any complications. But, but, at the same time, you're doing all this crazy stuff you're you're publishing fun magazine, which for anybody who remembers fun magazine, it was uh, it was pretty out there. but pushing pushing public figures into uh, to ridicule um coming up with some some pretty edgy uh, uh, elements, like the big fun page. you had all these these hilarious sort of like fake word games and comics and um and. And then I think you guys would slip in some restaurant reviews every once in a while too. And because you've always been pretty big on the local dining scene, what's uh, what was that all about?
2: Uh, You know, it's just what we like to do is eat and drink.
1: And a lot of art too. A lot of artists that started in fun and then moved on to, uh, to orbit magazine um, have Going on to bigger and better things. Who who are some of the folks who you gave a start to, who we would now see in some some more mainstream uh, media?
2: Well, of course, uh, I'll get to this uh, year's special guest artist at the Dirty Show. Yeah, which started uh, twenty three years and a week from uh, that. This is our twenty third uh, show. Okay, which makes us uh, Dirty Show twenty two.
1: Yeah, because of COVID, everybody skips a year.
2: No, uh, well uh it would have been our twenty uh twenty second 22nd year. Uh but uh COVID. Yeah, yeah just take a year off. Yeah. The- That's a pretty boring way to put it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean it's there's nothing uh, nothing cool about that. But um but so yeah, before we get to before we get to your 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 featured artist, um you know, you, you had people who went on to do uh, a lot of stuff out in, in Hollywood and uh, a lot of people who were involved in in some pretty high-profile cartoons too, right?
2: Well, Glen Barr. Yeah. If that's who you're thinking of, Niagara. Yeah. Uh, Mark Dancy.
1: Oh, yeah, from Motor Booty Magazine, still doing stuff. If you've ever been to uh, St. Andrew's Hall and you see their logo, that's uh, one of Mark Dancy's... Um, productions and, and it, it really captures that style of his effect a mutual friend of ours rob st mary put me together with mark several years ago because we were thinking of turning my kwame kilpatrick book proposal into a graphic novel and he said oh you should work with mark mark could illustrate it and i thought well mark's mark's uh you know he has his style is sort of it feels to me like it's very exuberant but then i saw one of the graphic novels he had done about some twisted uh uh, you know, backroads past I said, okay, this guy's got enough darkness in him. He might be the right guy to do this, this Kilpatrick uh, graphic novel, which may yet happen, but yeah, super talented cat. Another, another local talent that uh, got his start with Jerry. Did you guys have some people end up doing Ren and Stimpy too?
2: Well, that was Glenn Barr. That was Glenn. Okay. Glenn worked on some uh, Ren and Stimpy stuff.
1: Yeah. Another very distinctive style, um, very sort of, uh, I guess I'd think of it as, you know, like um, punky burlesque meets sci-fi post-apocalyptic groove, you know, hot chicks with guns and tattoos and leather and everybody's sort of grotesque, but at the same time, you know, very compelling. I mean, it was, uh, imagine what, what Ren and Stimpy would have looked like with genitals. <laughs>
2: And there you have the dirty show.
1: Yeah, so so tell tell us about the dirty show because I want to go back and talk a little bit about orbit. Uh, there's a whole book on that. We'll have a link to that on our website if you want to know more. But talk to us about how the dirty show came about because you always seem to be starting something new that uh, that really draws a lot of people and and creates a buzz. I mean, is is are the things that go on in the dirty show today uh, less shocking than they were when you started, or did people always say, yeah, whatever, you know?
2: Well. You know, when we were a private party, there some things that were probably a lot more shocking than uh, go on today in a public venue. But, uh, you know, it, it just transformed into, you know, something I could have never predicted. You know, well, number one, I didn't think there'd be a second Dirty Show, much less <laughs> the 22nd one. Plus, we've had them in L.A., Chicago miami
1: and do you travel every year with it or is it just detroit this year
2: uh just detroit this year
1: okay it's been
2: a while since we traveled traveling usually uh is a money losing prospect
1: okay so the first year was in the offices at uh at orbit magazine which was above the old b and b &B collision shop on main street in royal oak
3: yeah
2: so we had to uh make sure that everybody who came in was at least 18. And uh, one of the people we knew that we could get to work happened to be a crack whore. That was her actual profession.
1: Hmm. That's what it said on her social security. Yeah. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Well, she was a uh, a sex worker who was addicted to uh, crack.
1: And at that time,
2: that yeah. would have, well,
1: I guess that would have been around two thousand, right? So yeah, so we yeah, hired her. She kind of more of a, a a retro addict. I mean, I thought crack yeah. was kind of whack by then.
2: It was. It was uh, something that people had learned. Most people had learned lessons about.
1: Yeah. So, so what was she doing? She was serving checking
2: IDs and shaking everybody who came in for uh, money. Okay. So she told everybody uh, it was five dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and There was no
1: official cover charge. <laughs> there it's an was an entrepreneur no cover charge at all. You know, <laughs> Good we were,
2: for we her. Doing an art show. Okay. Except the only thing different about our art show is uh, you had to be eighteen to see it.
1: So how is it that you ended up hiring her?
2: Uh, just a friend of the magazine.
1: Okay. Okay. So she's she wanted to help she, out, and
2: well, she wanted money and. You know, we're, we're just thinking, yeah, who can we get to to do work that, you know, that'll work for whatever crappy money we were offering to pay. Okay. <laughs> we had never done an art show in the Orbit offices. We had had art shows at our, you know, year-end parties. Okay, But... Uh,
1: which would have been back at? Was that back in the uh, the the state two thousand or, or, or was it what,
2: what? Yeah, we had something at the state. At the state, I know we had uh,
1: what the hell was it? Wasn't it, it at one time like it had some crazy name like Party Town? It was some big dance club that was a Clubland. Clubland, that's right, with the peppermint stripe sign out front. It was sort of uh, Miami, L.A. comes to Detroit. It was I remember that was kind yeah. of a weird scene. And but uh,
2: somebody had gotten shot in Clubland. Okay. So they were just totally dead. So we got it for uh just having a party in just cuz they were so dead whatever and we packed it. Okay. And uh
1: they we, just needed the biz.
2: They needed biz and uh then they hooked up with uh, 89X after and totally changed their format to the alternative music thing.
1: okay and, and this first show was just just art on the wall any any performance any no, was, interactive you know,
2: music and uh you know just whatever was cool at the time
1: okay
4: so if, if someone goes to the dirty show which you can get tickets at dirtydetroit.com, uh what how do you what, what would you tell them they would expect to see or experience Um, like sell us on it like what? what, what,
2: you know what they probably just have a really good time and people tend to wear fishnet a lot
4: it's a good people watching thing besides the art right
2: yeah yeah i mean what what i really by uh studying how bad pornography is for people and how addictive it is i realized how the dirty show works it just releases hormones and dopamines and all these things that your brain loves, so everywhere you're looking, your, you know, your brain kicks in, nipple, kick in more dopamine. You like that, and uh, but more, you know, whatever.
1: But it's not porn. This is this is erotic, 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 right? Yeah. right? I mean, once, this is yeah.
2: Once we burlesque, it on it's, wall, it's no longer porn. It is fine
1: art. art. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Do you have so, NFTs yet?
2: No, we do not.
1: I'm not even Good. sure what that stands for, but I know the kids are buying them. Is, is there anything that shocks you? Um, it's pretty hard to shock I me. Mean,
4: has there been anything at a Dirty Show in the last five years or six years that no, you're like, I'm
2: ooh? Not, I've, I'm not really uh, big into
4: uh,
2: kink shaming so.
4: Okay. But there has been something that even you're like, uh, okay, well, not for me, but for someone else.
2: You know, it's, uh, th- there's a, something that shocks me every year. <laughs> okay, good. That's- thing that, that- so what would shock, yeah. what would
1: shock us? Because you've seen a few things over the last well, 50 there's, years. There's that-
2: a photo this year of somebody that has their tongue cut in half. Okay. And it's, it's crossing over into an X and holding a, uh rolled up twenty dollar bill ah. and it and that just it just creeps me out every well, okay. time i see it it's
4: like
1: yikes
4: yeah certain body modifications yeah, it, can be a little frightening
1: i don't like biting my tongue let alone uh dissecting yeah. it and then <laughs> and then doing whatever calisthenics you have to do to be able to hold a yeah. rolled up twenty dollar bill
2: and I can't imagine like having a chipped tooth or something in a, in a oh. double-headed <laughs> tongue or a tanker sore.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's not good. That's not good. Uh, so there's gonna be art on the walls. There are gonna be people, are there are there performances that are are scheduled, like you need to get there at a certain time? I mean, or is it just Definitely, is it like, just like a carnival where stuff's happening all the time and wherever you go, there's something that uh, you know, is a visual uh
2: uh, You're nailing it right there. Ecstasy. That, okay. that is a better. Uh,
1: okay. And and uh, I take it everything is uh, uh, the crack whore is not working the door. No. Okay. We
2: have a big uh, bunch of unfun security people working the doors now.
4: Okay. It's gone legit, man. How frightening.
2: Yeah, it's totally. <laughs> and plus, it's a uh, from a five dollar shakedown. It's now a forty two dollar <laughs> in advance cover charge.
1: Damn.
2: Well, because can- it's sex, you can sell charge out. More.
1: Kind of of makes you nostalgic for uh, for your entrepreneurial friend, yeah. (laughs) Whatever happened to her? Uh, She died (sighs) from her addiction.
4: I would guess so. Oh, I man. Mean, why do you sound so surprised, ML?
1: Well, I was hoping this was going to be one of these happy days. He said, well, you know, we got her in a program. Uh, we got married. We've been the the married exception for, to the rule. We've yeah. been married for 22 years. we got three beautiful children. <laughs> they're uh, performing
4: at the Dirty Show. Isaiah, Jacob,
1: yeah. you know, and, uh, and Bathsheba. And, uh, <laughs> and they have okay, an organic yeah. farm um, somewhere on the east side of Detroit where they're raising alpacas and um, locally sourced uh, paprika. you know, that's a much better ending to me than she died.
4: She did.
2: (laughs)
1: She did. (laughs) Damn. Well,
4: yeah. uh, So ML was talking about orbit magazine. I think a lot of people, when they think of orbit, naturally think of the Quentin Tarantino shirt, Pulp Fiction. Is there, an it was interesting- called
2: before. It used to be called the Orby shirt.
4: Yeah, Orby. Yeah, because that was that was the mascot. Was the mascot. Yeah. I mean, you probably have talked about it ad nauseum for a long time. But is there any um, great story behind that? Were you surprised that he put it on, or did yeah. you know about it? Yeah.
2: Well, of course we knew about it because there's like a twenty-something page contract <laughs> that we had to sign. Really? Just for him to use it in the movie, and it was a scary contract. It was like. Do you think they're trying, you know, do you think this Quentin guy is trying to rip off our orbit logo? What did they,
4: they, just, they want? Like what was in the contract?
2: They wanted not to be sued by uh, us when it appeared in the movie.
1: For rights okay. because you want to get a piece of the action yeah, when it takes whatever. off. Did you but, sell a lot of t-shirts after that? Cuz I know you guys sold merch.
2: Um you know, the t-shirts became very very hip after that.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay. It's yeah. what we did was we ended up giving away our ton of uh, t-shirts all you know every friend we had all of a sudden wanted a orbit t-shirt
1: well that's what amazes me because while you're very entrepreneurial uh, obviously had some experience with sales and and you're always coming up with something different um it doesn't ever feel like you you quite monetize it i mean you you you, you, you wondered whether we could get you a ride here, and I'm thinking, well, I don't know if he wants to get my 2007 Ford Focus, but then maybe you're driving a 2001 Ford Escort because, you know, Orbit Magazine, fantastic, arts, entertainment, and news, weekly, um, beautiful, but, you know, it, I mean, how much money did you make off it? I mean, you, you seem to be more of a, a guy who wants to make things happen than who wants to cash in on it.
2: Yeah, there really hasn't been any opportunities to cash in on on things.
4: Uh, Besides that T-shirt,
1: <laughs> well, which he passed up. <laughs> you know, I know. You I know,
2: mean. it's not a whole heck of a lot you can do with a, you know, a T-shirt. I, you know, I couldn't go uh, sell it as the Pulp Fiction T-shirt,
4: right? Because of that contract.
2: Could sell it to somebody who, you know, maybe bought a robe at the Salvation Army and wanted to be. <laughs> Quentin for, uh,
1: yeah, for Halloween. For Halloween, that, you just got to get some coffee, right? Some real good coffee.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's why people call me up now and want to license it, but you know, really hard to license a T-shirt design.
1: Well, and you just sort of seem to be someone who wants to do stuff. I mean, when when we first met back in 1990, I was an intern at the Detroit Free Press, and I was writing about about Jerry because Orbit was just getting ready to launch. And one of the stories I ran across and I'd actually seen it and didn't really put two and two together was that Jerry was, uh, was part of the cast for a PBS film. uh, One of the first things directed by Jonathan Demme that starred uh, Susan Sarandon and Christopher Walken and Susan Sarandon was, was raving at, uh, at Jerry's charisma and his, his magnetism and, and I got Jonathan Demi on the I would have preferred to have Susan Sarandon on the phone, but I got Jonathan Demi on the phone. And it was very much sort of one of those Hollywood conversations where, like, uh, Mr. Demi's on the phone. And he's only got five minutes. And I'm talking to him and I can hear it. it sounds like he's by the pool. And he answered my questions. And I said, Did you really tell Jerry he should come out to LA and, and consider a, a career in Hollywood? He said, I absolutely did. I said, Well, you know, why was he? He said, He was just an amazingly talented cat. And I said, and why didn't he? he's like, I, I don't know. And then I think I said, okay, just one more crazy. Like, That's your five minutes. You're done. <laughs> that was it. But, uh, but you know, that would have been a chance for you to go, you know, well, go, I, I'd be Hollywood
2: advanced copy of the swing shift script.
1: Oh, uh, Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell and
2: Goldie Hawn and Fred, uh, Fred, the eighties act Fred Ward.
1: Oh, Fred Ward!
2: He Ward. really took off.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, rolls right off the top. Yeah, uh, Remo Williams. <laughs> the adventure begins. I think wasn't that his big thing? Something like that. And he was ah, one of the uh one of the uh, astronauts in um, uh, the right stuff. The right stuff. Yeah. He yeah. was the guy who shit the bed. He opened the capsule. Yep. Gus Grissom. Oh boy, rest yeah. in peace. He's now uh now charging cover with uh, that crack whore. I think somewhere <laughs> in, the, in the in the heavenly acres. Ah.
2: On on another podcast with David Wilcock, is he? I don't I don't know. He's <laughs> uh, one of the astronauts that. Oh, uh, okay. there's a few of them that talk about aliens.
1: Oh, he oh might be great. One of great. So I guess they may have met him in their travels. But so so you got the script for Swing Shift, and you said.
2: Oh, uh, Then he wanted, you know, what what did you think of it? <laughs> and I didn't like it, you know, and and I. Uh, I forget what kind words I use to uh, to describe it. Like, uh, it's very interesting. Did you ever see 1941? Is what I. Oh. I said to him. Yeah, and, and I, I, I love 1941.
1: Uh, there were some good parts in it. Uh, there was um, that was kind of a. It, it seemed like it was more of a, a star vehicle than an entirely cohesive movie i mean you just kind of went from scene to scene with all the saturday night live guys in there yeah i did like it when the ventriloquist guy was on the uh, ferris wheel and it cuts <laughs> loose and starts rolling like through that. the time that <laughs> was the
2: jerry lewis kind of guy yeah that hey, was
1: gene. that was pretty good yeah. yeah
2: well i love the uh dancing to sing 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 in it
1: was that the big um swing dance scene yeah where they have the fight
2: gene krupa drum solo yes yeah
1: yeah, nineteen. That was Dan Aykroyd. Uh, John Candy was in that. Um, Belushi, bunch of other people. Oh yeah, sorry, I meant yeah. Well, Candy was in it. Yeah, and Belushi. He was the crazy tank commander, wasn't he? Or like an American? Or no, Aykroyd was, I think. But yeah, he no, he was a Kawakaze, fighter pilot. Yeah. yeah, Wild Bill, whatever, Buckaroo Banzai. So you didn't do high, but I mean, you just you just seem to have uh, this this need. Maybe it's like a homing thing to sort of be around here and, and push the edge and do things that make people think and make people talk. And, you know, I guess one would presume make you wealthy beyond our wildest dreams, but it seems like you just kind of just keep going.
2: Yeah, well, it's it's weird. Like, you know, acting, to me, I was pounded pounded into from an early age that acting and artistry, uh Singing, worst jobs anybody could have, and you'll just end up starving. And you know,
1: so you went into publishing, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> boy, somebody should have told you that about the media. It's pretty brutal. We were talking before- beforehand,
4: and uh, ML mentioned uh, there was an art installation you did in 2013 for the bankruptcy. Which was a giant uh, Crisco can to yes, ease it
1: was. ease oh, the pain. Right. I thought it was scissors. That's right, the Crisco can for the bankruptcy.
4: So what what happened with that? Was that a battle of any consequence? And and where is the Crisco can today?
2: Uh, it was sold at auction to uh, to Amir.
1: Oh, the old owner of uh, of uh, St Andrews Hall, right? Yeah, yeah. What did he do he with it? Much cargos.
2: And- He's probably got it in a Swiss, a Swiss vault somewhere.
4: So what you did? You took this giant Crisco can and put it. Um, where to, Where exactly did you put it?
2: Well, I had to, uh, I had to make uh, really detailed uh, blueprints <laughs> and have it fabricated, and, and it was basically a D. <laughs> and then uh, to get uh, the graphics made to stick on that D-shaped. And then cut out the notching for the uh, ledges where the uh, fists were.
4: And did you take? Where did you take it at? Where did you leave it at? Did you leave it at the DIA?
2: Put it right under the fist. Uh,
4: so, oh, right under the fist. Yeah, okay. That okay. yeah. oh, makes a lot <laughs> <Justin> <laughs> it makes right makes more sense. Avenue. more sense.
2: There yeah. were some knuckle drags, and the uh, how long
1: did it stay there? The Crisco. Uh, so, they, was it really full of Crisco, or was that some sort of uh, so it's silicone. Silicone. Okay. So the idea was the bankruptcy is sure. coming, fisting us, yeah. And we're gonna get we're gonna get it uh, where you where it probably hurts. don't want it, and the Crisco may make a horrible experience, just that and less
4: less friction, that much um,
1: less horrible. Uh, uh, but that's again, this is you trying to stir the pot. I mean, what drives you to get out there and just say, you know what, I'm gonna, I'm going I'm gonna give it to people in a way that really makes them think, but they might not have the courage to to do on their own.
2: Well, the, uh, the Fist uh, was, uh, in one of the issues of orbit is like, you know, when uh, writing about, you know, things in Detroit it was all it's missing is a giant can of Crisco in, in an orbit somewhere. So that was an idea that I always sat around.
4: So when you put it out there under the Fist, like how long, how long did it stay out there? And did you, did you actively well, watch uh, it to see like
2: if... jokes. Uh, it only lasted a few hours, but, you know, that was a time when, you know, your garbage cans could be in front of your house for weeks.
1: <laughs> yes.
2: In Detroit. The city or, services
1: weren't the yeah, greatest, yeah.
2: Or, uh, you know, an abandoned house could be up there, tell somebody...
1: For years.
4: Oh, we got to get rid of that Crisco can. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, you know, they sent city workers out really quick to get it. And... Uh,
4: did you walk out there and go? Oh, what do you guys do with my Crisco can?
2: Uh, I had somebody else call. <laughs> you
1: know,
2: I, I didn't know if I was going to get some kind of uh, like fine littering ticket. Oh, weak.
1: So, but you were able so to get it back. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't take it to the scrapyard or or no, try they, it out. They
2: took it to the city like impound lot.
4: Okay. Did you have any other kind of like guerrilla art installations like that?
2: There was a uh, right after the. Uh, Crisco can there was these uh, giant for sale tags that mysteriously appeared on <laughs> everything in Detroit Yeah, because yeah. everything was up like for sale everything was going to be up for sale it seemed like the uh, the DIA was
4: uh well, owned DIA, by the Walmart the zoo, family yeah there were a lot of them yeah the Walton family
1: yeah yeah that would have been great then uh, we could have had hillbilly's uh, hillbillies, uh, uh fondling uh, the thinker and, and well, that'd
2: be like and we decided to put this in our bathroom because he's sitting down like he's taking a squat
1: <laughs> exactly it'd be a demonstration project It's to help the kids get yeah. out of the outhouse and onto the on the indoor plumbing
2: yeah and then the uh the dia when that was really getting close and uh Graham Beale was getting ready to leave Took a bunch of uh, flamingos, which had been spray painted to look like vultures, and put out one of those little flamingo parties for his retirements.
4: I feel like you don't see <laughs> see many of these kind of guerrilla type uh, art installations anymore. I don't know. You just,
2: no, I I quit doing them. Yeah, because they just cost a lot of money.
4: But they get such a good reaction. I mean, everywhere, yeah. not just here, but everywhere. But
2: they and don't you, get you a don't, good reaction when you have to buy. Hundreds of pink flamingos sure. in cans of spray paint and marabou to put around their necks.
4: And the alternative magazines seem to have disappeared, too. Like, they boomed in the 80s and 90s, and then, obviously, the internet just destroyed it. But, though, I don't know, I kind of miss... I know Ann Arbor had a pretty big one I used to read all the time. It's like, I'm sure that's gone now. Yeah, it's not a sustainable well, business.
2: Uh, it was getting hard towards the end of orbit, you know, with print, with the internet catching up. And, I mean when the village voice can't really do anything and,
4: but I'm you know, surprised they like, can't even find a footing online.
2: It's, uh, you know, it's not, ne- was never their model to be online. It's, I mean, we were one of the very first, uh, magazines on the internet. And basically what happened to us was our staff got all grabbed up by suck. And, uh, you know, the people in our, office that knew how to do websites oh got really incredibly great jobs
1: yeah yeah that was that was when if you could
2: uh if you knew html back when people didn't know sure there was a thing called html yeah you did really well
1: you could write your own ticket so tell us uh before we let you go about uh, about the featured artist at this year's dirty show and um and
2: uh
4: once again dirtydetroit.com for more information
2: Well, uh, this year our artist is Tristan Eaton, whom used to be uh, an illustrator for Orbit magazine. And turns out we gave him his first ever illustration job, art job. And uh, since then, he has uh, gone on to become about as famous as any artist from Detroit has ever been.
1: And you said way back then, I know this kid's going to go far, right? You you immediately realized.
2: You know, it's it's like we thought Glen Barr was going to go far, and Niagara would go far, and they would be in museums. But uh, Tristan actually did go into museums. In fact, he's part of the MoMA's permanent collection. He invented uh, the thing called the Dunny and the Mummy Money, which are uh, some of the very first vinyl toys. He was the uh, co-creator of Kid Robot.
3: Hmm.
2: And these vinyl toys became huge. And if you just look at, you know, any, uh, like when you're buying your daughter uh, toys, like I'm sure you saw those My Little Pet Shop things. and Oh, yeah. All that stuff was uh, seems to have been influenced by uh, the underground vinyl toy movement.
4: Which seemed to be? Does that was that really big here in the beginning? I feel like was that well, launched was here or my I...
2: here? Um, it's bigger in big cities.
4: Um, and, and you were saying before the countries. show that Tristan did uh, something with the Super Bowl. Was yeah, it this he, year or was he, it before? The,
2: it was the hundredth uh, NFL anniversary year, twenty twenty. Okay. The uh, last Super Bowl without uh, Corona.
4: So that uh, Miami, I want to say, yeah,
2: yeah, Miami. Okay. And uh, he did the ticket, the uh, program, and his art on that will make those tickets and programs collectible. By the way. Wow, that's a great! That's a
4: huge gig. Uh,
2: no, I mean it's uh, probably more collectible than uh, you know they've been. So it's, I'm trying to think of somebody big. I, I don't collect. Uh, huh. that yeah. Stuff, so
1: well, when you say collectible, I I, I think. You know, one of the things that led to Orbit's demise is one of the things that's leading to sort of our demise as a distinctive place, which is Dave's Comics and Collectibles. You know, yeah. that was a. I think Glenn probably did a lot of the illustrations for their ads, too. He did, he did them all. Yeah, he and, Higgins. you know, these ads were, you know, suitable for framing. I mean, that was a great shop. The record shops, you know, all the, all the clubs and restaurants and stuff. I mean, there's still places to hear music and get a beer and things like that, but just these... Places where you could go and and just you know have this tactile experience with music, where I want to hold these albums, or I want to look at this, I want to listen to them, or I want to look at these vintage toys or comics. That stuff just feels like it's something I can. It's roll all going
2: illegal jointed. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's legal now, Jerry. It's,
1: you've <laughs> been around that long. It's all okay now.
2: I know. When I got popped for it, it was a felony.
1: <laughs> I'm sure.
4: When did you get? When did you, you get you and John
1: Sinclair
2: high school?
4: so what year like, are we talking yeah is that around the john
2: lennon did not write a song <laughs> about me
4: <laughs> well you didn't get 10 for two either no yeah so so or the- did you i don't know what did you get for it
2: i got uh a hair's pipe taken away <laughs>
4: <laughs> i mean did you get hit with any time for it
2: uh i got grounded
1: okay well there you go it's just as bad that's, that's uh, american justice <laughs>
2: And, uh, yeah, I think we spent, you know, about three hours in jail and had to wait for parents to come pick us up.
4: Does it shock you how uh, pervasive it is, Ellie how it's just everywhere now and it's legal?
2: No, I was thinking and hoping more, much more would be legal by now.
4: Yeah. Well, shrooms are getting there. We're on our yeah. way. Yeah, we're on our way.
2: Well, it sounds like shrooms were like the uh, the answer to depression and every other. Microdosing. Yeah. Psycho- yeah, uh, problem that uh, Klonopin and you know Valium didn't fix. Yeah,
1: well, they thought the same thing about LSD, but I think it, that thing got out of hand, and so they kind of abandoned it before really, you know, giving it uh, a full a full uh, scrutiny. But but yeah, well, I
2: think of- the people I- that were uh, conducting the tests were going. You know, this is
4: kind of fun.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, that's. Timothy e. Leary, I mean, prime example. That's, what are we using our grant money for? Well, I got this. Yeah. I got this uh, yeah. bus covered in paint and oh, we're yeah. driving and plus, around when, with these young hotties. It's it's like, hard hard uh, to get a lot of sure public gonna...
4: support when you have the merry pranksters, doing, you know, yeah. driving
1: around. And, and so. uh, it may have been a marketing issue. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And you
2: start, start saying stuff like, hey, give the kids these and they won't want to join a corporation or fight in a war. Yeah.
1: yeah. And Eli Lilly's saying, well. We, we're we're, we're a corporation. we corporation.
4: Well, now they realize they can make money off of it. So yeah,
2: yeah. So can talk to the dolphins with it. Which is uh, is that John Lilly? Uh,
1: I'm not sure. I, I think. Um, <laughs> We're going to have a dolphin on next week. We just it's, it's, They have such high-pitched voices. I'm not sure that these microphones That's are sweet. ready for it. And, and I've heard dolphins case. are actually mean. Like They taunt people. and They, they rape people. Yeah. yeah so. Sex for pleasure, yeah. So, I, you know, uh, we may have – if the dolphins are and we're going to have them sit on Sean's side of the, uh, of the studio because I don't want to get too close to – to an abusive portrait. you're such a dolphin phobe. I've already I've already I've already had my uh my unpleasant uh, probing uh as a what? as a candidate for yeah, public so, office. So.
2: Yeah, so back onto the dirty show. There, <laughs> Please. There are, you know, probably 15 different burlesque acts uh a night doing uh, multiple uh skits. So you'll see like uh real sexy Gumby Oh, very nice <laughs> you'll see somebody uh,
1: and somebody's pokey
2: <laughs> a certain part but not of it, the character I mean, yeah no,
1: no exactly <laughs> it's, that's where the Crisco can ended up exactly
2: yeah. <laughs> so that would be jet noir so you'll
4: just see
1: a lot of jet, things okay. you
4: most likely have not seen before
2: you're going to see stuff that will blow you away and I happen to like the boylesque even better than the girls as much as I love uh, burlesque because the guys are they just crack me up
1: so there's something for everybody at the dirty but you still have to be 18 right is that you have to be 21
4: oh you gotta be 21 oh because yeah. no god it's so commercial now what are they selling booze in there
1: yeah
2: they really do sell booze yeah
1: okay huh well the, the world is slowly
2: Two thousand people uh over two thousand yeah. people last saturday
1: damn oh, that's all right so the world is slowly catching up with uh, Jerry Vile. And if you want to see indoors what 10 or 20 years from now you may see on on our main streets, go to the Dirty Show. Mark, how do people buy tickets, find out what's going on in the program? Uh, go to the website,
4: dirtydetroit.com.
1: So Jerry you See thinks, all the different
4: tickets available and check it out. Get an idea of what you're going to see.
1: That's right. Pre- prepare yourself. Brace yourself. Think of it as uh, uh, rubbing a little Crisco on your brain.
2: Yeah, you can also uh, go to DirtyShow.org.
1: Okay. How
4: is that different?
2: It sounds more...
3: A, a but it sounds long. like a
2: non-profit. Profit, yeah.
4: yeah.
1: <laughs> well, it sounds it's like an orgy. It sounds oh, like
4: okay, there you go.
1: You're just making enough profit to buy another 100 flamingos and turn them into vultures. <laughs> so this any profits will be reinvested into uh into public jackassery, yeah. so.
2: Yeah, and uh Tristan's art ended up on the cover of the Metro Times this uh, week.
1: Okay. Good. So, so check can, out the Metro uh, take a look
2: Times at, at it and uh Still have a have a poster you can buy of his, for only a hundred bucks, and it, re, it would be a lot like uh, when you if you went to Cranbrook when Keith Haring was there, and got his poster for twenty dollars, and uh, today it would be worth a lot more than twenty dollars, and that's what's going to happen with the uh, the Tristan posters.
1: Okay, so those are going for a hundred bucks. It's yeah. an investment. Start your start your your art collection today. Uh, Jerry, if you're going to stick around, we 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 have a a, a piece we're playing in room seven six zero nine that was suggested by Jerry. So uh, this is a guy who was here before New Wave, during New Wave, and after New Wave. So if anybody wants to take an issue with this one, uh, I was
2: trying to look important, but I really don't have any place to go now. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: that's okay. It's warm in here. I'm. I'm, I'm I know. At least you got the dirty show. All I have is this podcast. So, uh, so yeah, you know we'll, I've got
2: to work four days a year.
1: Well, we'll finish this show, and then you and I will find a nice trash can fire to hang out at, oh. and maybe, maybe someone from the bread. Oh, are
2: you running for office again?
1: No, no, no. That's uh, if uh, that's the, fu- that's the if, fire you guys are going to gather. Yeah, around, that dumpster. If, if I were running for office again, I'd be setting the fires. So, uh, so that's although maybe that's maybe that's not a bad next it seemed move.
2: seemed like you would have been a really good councilman.
1: I would have been different from what we got yeah. now. That's it would have that's been more miserable sure. than you are now. But, uh, uh, I it, think you would have, it would have been, it would have been, let's put it this way. Uh, a few hours a week with Sean would not have seemed so bad after spending five days a week with some of the people who are running the city. And I just found out that, um, that a guy yeah. who I exposed many times, uh, at Fox Two, Brian Banks, one of the most uh, nefarious characters in recent hey, Detroit political history, is is mounting a comeback. So, uh, so yeah, I think um, I well, think that, who's
4: going to keep an eye on him now? Boy. Seriously?
1: Well, I
0: mean, who who's going to keep an eye on any of us?
1: I, I I wish I knew the answer to to that, and and I'm frightened that I don't. Oh man, the geeks have inherited the earth. Did I do that? What a
3: dork! Does him wanting to play with us again mean that he's
1: turning into a geek, or we're turning into cool guys? I think the show is starting to convalesce. It's really coming together. Uh, unlike Hudson, Ohio, which is no shanty town, thanks in large part to their former mayor, but Craig Schubert's vigilance came with a high price. Mayor Schubert resigned after raising some cautionary data points about a plan to allow ice fishing on a frozen city lake. Schubert wasn't worried that anyone would drown while they were fishing. He was more concerned about those other fish nets. If you allow ice fishing with shanties, then that leads to another problem. Prostitution, he said. Uh He didn't offer much proof, but we've heard enough evidence to anoint him, our Geek of the Week, and to surmise that he will not be buying a ticket to this weekend's oh, no, installment of The Dirty Show. Or I might kill him.
3: There's an all night
2: party
3: and you can and together all night. You've got the time.
1: Yeah, so Jerry uh, loves new wave music. Not a fan of Duran Duran, probably because you didn't have enough frilly shirts. They,
2: they were girlfriend stealers.
1: Oh, yeah. No, if... if
2: uh... Rock and turn it into, like,
3: bubblegum punk rock.
1: Oh, yeah. No, if if, uh, if John Taylor walks into a room, if Simon LeBon walks into a room, and you got a woman on your arm, all of a sudden you don't. <laughs> I mean, these guys were... We're good-looking and really good at what they did. Um,
2: What's wasn't safe George Michael. (laughs)
1: Well, I I think the ladies like George. He just didn't really reciprocate. But Jerry has suggested that we listen to No Tears by Tuxedo Moon, which uh, got quite an edge on it for New Wave. But we're going to talk about why it fits into that category on the backside. So I have a feeling Sean's going to hate that, but at least it's an American band, Sean. So there you go. I liked it. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> Contrary it was to a the l- end, a real toe tapper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a
2: little <laughs>
4: long, but I liked it. Yeah. What's the story behind that song?
2: Uh, I just remember, you know, one week it became the cool song, the cool record. Todd's was just opening oh god Todd's, uh, and that's when like uh wow really cute girls like uh dancing too
4: because that's that uh is what 1978 i think is what it said so it's a little pre pre-punk which is you know puts uh, it in maybe, context maybe in the middle of punk you yeah, know. yeah. So really back end of punk 78 oh yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i would say okay I, what I, year I, did punk start then
2: uh, 74, 76 are like the Ramones type things.
4: Wow. I, for some reason, I thought they were later.
2: Back then, like Iggy would be. Oh, Iggy, of course. Well, and you could got, say MC5, 5, 5, yeah. right? Uh, MC5
1: is like 60, 70. Yeah, six, yeah,
2: yeah MC5 would not fill a dance floor at a, like a no. Lemire Vipier and, uh chicago
0: stop stop listening to the beatles mark come on
1: what what are you talking i know i listen to all that i just i i'm sure no matter how many people actually attended an mc5 show if you asked how many did you know you'd have millions yeah well uh
2: the guy who played bass in my band was also in the pigs okay and actually so was the guitarist in my band was also in the pigs and they had a show opening for the mc5 at bookies and it was the first like new oh, wow. wave show or, or punk rock show at bookies and they were in the pigs and it was the mc1 with just rob tyner
4: <laughs> <laughs> the mc1 yeah, that's just, great oh.
1: I just found out that Fred Sonic Smith is buried not too far from me uh, at Elmwood Cemetery on Detroit's east side, which is, uh, is kind of
4: nice making that about you.
1: No, it just kind of makes me feel that I'm, I'm, uh, I have a very tangential connection to the MC five because I always thought of them as an Ann Arbor <laughs> Some, band. Right. Oh. I mean, they were yeah, sort of like Bob Seger. I mean, the guy was from, was he from Celine or Dexter or someplace? Uh, And, uh, you know, everybody kind of says, oh, this is the Detroit group. But, you know, this is where you played. You know, this is where all the venues were. This is where that crowd was. So we have a a running debate on this show about what the definition of new wave music is. And I I have a very broad definition. I'll I'll find a way to fit almost anything I can into that category. But I think the presumption is it's probably got to have some synth in it, you know, maybe sort of a a funky bass somewhere. That's how that
4: did sound different than punk. I mean, you don't hear much synth on punk.
2: Yeah, I think. Uh,
1: There's a little keyboard in yeah, there. Yeah,
2: I think the stuff that kind of grew up with Eno.
1: Yeah. Uh,
4: yep.
2: You know, instead of uh, Iggy.
1: Okay. So is it just having one electronic instrument in there sort of gets you consideration?
2: Well, I, I think it all, you know, all punk came out of like Bowie.
1: Okay.
2: And uh, the rockier stuff came out from the Bowie. Iggy connection, uh, in Lou Reed connections and the, uh, new wavier stuff came out of the Bowie, you know, so I would say Ultravox is probably the first new wave.
1: And we've played them on this show before. And, and, uh, Jerry suggested Ultravox. He also, uh, suggested uh visage with a uh, fade to gray, which we've also played on oh, this yeah. show before um and we're gonna hear from one of our listeners about another band they want us to play that i think we've played before but i'll I'll wait to get to that till we get to your feedback so jerry thanks for suggesting no tears by tuxedo moon as you know we're always looking for your suggestions for overlooked new wave gold or bands that just never got their due or you know that band that everybody knew the a side but you you know the b side
2: i forgot to bring you in rob st mary's uh Double Detroit compilation album. Speaking of overlooked bands,
1: oh, was uh, was that something he did as part yeah, of the Orbit right. book, or is that no, it's separate. part
2: of the Detroit Punk Archives? Okay, which is his website.
1: Okay, well, and and you know the uh, you know when I think of uh, video and Detroit punk bands and things like that, I think of uh, of uh, Thomas Video. In Royal Oak, because uh, Gary and I can't remember his last name was in a band was it Sinicide or Sinicide.
2: Sinicide.
1: Sinicide. Yeah. When, whenever I would talk to him about something for the paper, he's like, "Hey, can I send you? A, can I send you the Sinicide album or <laughs> or a CD or DVD?" And he did a he did a movie called "Face the '80s" that sort of looked back at the Detroit punk movement and how it was fading or evolving. Uh, as the seventies were coming to a close. And I've got a video cop videotape copy of it somewhere. Cause of course it came from the guy who owned Thomas video, but that's another one of those great independent shops that are disappearing. And as they disappear, you know, the media that both uh, shares their message and is supported by their advertising disappears as well. And, and you know, somehow the independent booksellers are still hanging on. God bless them. But um you know, when you when you lose institutions like like Orbit, which makes it sound a lot more square than it really was, um, you know, we miss something. And so, you know, support your independent, distinct shops. Don't resist that urge and make the easy click and have it dropped off by drone down your chimney and support our local media. Metro Times, Deadline Detroit, Detroit News, Detroit Free Press. And um, you know, and some of the people who have been making this happen and making us thinking for a long time, like Jerry Vile. So uh, check out the Dirty Show. And Jerry, thanks for coming in. All right. You
4: don't have to leave. You can hang out for a bit. Again. Yeah,
1: no, we're, we're, <laughs> we're yeah. ML's not kicking you out. Anyways. No, no, no. He's welcome to stay. We're gonna we're gonna split an Altus later on. I got two straws. And uh, romantic. And we're gonna Aspirin. we're gonna put the we're gonna find a way to put the straws through our masks. So. Uh, <laughs> It's going to be responsible debauchery, which is really what it's all about. So we've had some some new donors step up because uh, one of the ways that we're trying to stay afloat as sponsors are hard to come by because, hey, these are tough times, is by our generous listeners and viewers who send us a little loot when they can spare it. And one of those is longtime listener and first-time donor, Anthony, who checks in with this wisdom. I guess I've listened to enough shows to contribute a few bucks. Keep up the good work! My common. favorite is when you guys argue whether a song is new wave or not. Well, there you go. You, you just we gave you one more reason. Well, oh, there's it. a
4: reason behind the argument.
1: Oh yeah, no, but he loves it. It's a lively debate. That's what. That's what. That's what we all enjoy. I think he says, uh, "Who gives a, a shit about a song if it's good?" To this day, I believe a previous long-term relationship started to break down when I literally laughed out loud at my girlfriend's suggestion that REM was a punk band and anthony you were right and i trust that you're better off gary also became a patron noting love the podcast hope it's worked out financially i'll do my best to donate more often to which i say amen mark how do people join ML. anthony and gary and other generous people in so keeping this show on the airwaves little
4: website ml and a little donate button on there you can press it
1: it's it's so easy. Just super simple. Test right. our theory. Yeah. Test our theory. And we'd appreciate if you'd consider sponsoring this show. If you have a business or a service or a product that you'd like to have people know about, we are one of the top-rated news and commentary podcasts in the country. We have a very wide and deep listener and viewer base here in Detroit, particularly on the east side. Uh, but, we, you know, we're big in Ann Arbor and, and in Grand Rapids even. So, um, you know, and we hit, we, we hit some numbers in Clinton Township. So we cover... The waterfront. So if you'd like to be a part of us, send us an email, mlsolvedetroit at gmail.com, and, uh, and we'll hook you up. It doesn't cost much, and we'd love to have you on board. Uh, we have a lot of people who pay a lot of attention to what's going on in the world and who, for some reason, think we have something to contribute to the public discourse. Like Jim, who writes, Hey, gents, hope Windsor is feeling aces. Bill Simmons tweeted, Brian Flores has been adamantly saying for two straight days that Dolphins owner Stephen Ross offered him 100 grand per loss in 2019. How is this not the biggest sports story of the year? Is the NFL Commission alive? Isn't this raw stuff accusation in an era with all this gambling worthy of him losing the Dolphins? $40 million will gamble on the Super Bowl. Tanking really undersells what it is. The other word for this is racketeering. When you're throwing games and shaving points, knowing literally billions of dollars are being gambled on, the league. I don't know how Ross isn't thrown out on his ass like Don Sterling was in the NBA. And it's not just the first time Ross has been accused of being a criminal. David Jesse at the Freep caught him in a huge tax scam with a U of M. Well, Sean, Sean, you
4: and I were talking about that, that the NFL's bigger problem in the whole floor is lawsuit was the fact that uh, there was allegations of the integrity of the game being thrown off because of the money offered to tank but the reason it wasn't so big is because there were a lot of race allegations in the lawsuit and that just gets people's attention far more than trying to pay people off for a game agree or disagree
0: well of course it does and it probably should i mean Right, it's a bigger problem in our society.
4: Yeah, but I think for the NFL, their bigger issue is, oh no, we don't want teams tanking on purpose because there's a lot of gambling involved, and if the game, if it seems like it's fixed, nobody's going to want to gamble on it. No, that's true.
0: But I, I, you're right. You're right. I mean, in the NFL in particular, I've seen the NBA teams tank. Right, everybody kind of knows it's wink, wink. There've been scandals in baseball. Uh, Those are sports with so many more games, though, so maybe it's not quite the same and there's not an interest on any given game like there is with the nfl but I will, you're right no. but, but, but what, go ahead start, i was just Mark.
4: gonna say i will say uh the nfl knows it should be a bigger story too because they announced like right before kickoff of the super bowl where they knew it would get buried that they're investigating ross and in these allegations specifically
0: no it's it's crazy if, if he was doing that trying to you know buy losses for what a hundred grand basically i mean because by who knows, the way hundred grand for thing. a
4: loss not nearly enough money for destroying a guy's coaching career because if if the guy goes 0-16, he's not going to get hired again. I mean, what happened to Marinelli? Well, not only that, but forget the Bears. record.
0: If, it get, if, it, if he exactly. takes the money and it gets out, he's ruined, right? Yeah. Forget, yeah. forget the record.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, tank- nobody,
0: will, nobody will touch him.
1: Tanking in NFL is a much better proposition, too, because it's a straight – you're the worst you get the first right whereas in in basketball and hockey you have the little draft lottery where you can tank and still end up picking you know four or five spots back and and god there's so much money in the NFL if if you're throwing games like that that's there's no stopping the NFL
4: though that product is too it's too good people too many people love that product
1: so i am not an NFL fan but i caught a lot of that super bowl that was a pretty good game and okay. the and the playoff games, was championship disagree, games. That. that was that was fun to watch.
4: That's kind
0: of boring. No, this so. was just a And this Matthew Stafford, good you heard
1: it here, has never lost a bowl game.
0: The the uh yeah, the playoff run Sorry. overall was as good as the NFL's had in a long, yeah. long time. Before we get to the next couple of feedback, folks, if I may, Mr. Mr. Elric and Mark, can we stay in the NFL for just a second? Yeah. Because this is this is amazing. The ratings just came out. Guess guess uh what the you know, what What city led the ratings? Detroit. In, for the Super Bowl? No. L.A.? No.
4: Uh, Jennings. Oh, Cincinnati. C-
0: so Cincinnati leads it with a 46.1 share. You wait, want to know wait, who was two tenths behind
4: for, that? 46%. So that's 46% of the TVs that were on were on the Super Bowl?
0: Yeah. So half the well, half the, of the people watching. Half the greater Cincinnati um, area was watching the Super Bowl. 46.1. Number two, Detroit. Two tenths behind, so Detroit almost led by two tenths. It was almost. Is that not? I mean, imagine if the Lions were actually in the Super Bowl. Oh my God! And that's that's just crazy. The city would explode.
1: So I watched. I I,
0: I don't think people could handle it. I, I really. I mean, right?
1: I watched the second half at Delroy's First Place Lounge in Detroit, and I will tell you that crowd was overwhelmingly cheering. For Matthew Stafford. There was one hater at the bar, but everybody else was very, very happy to see Matthew Stafford.
4: Well, everyone should read Sean's column then today. It's about that very thing. Well,
1: they should read Sean all the time. It well, should be like a, consulting a prayer book.
0: Well, that's very kind of you. But I just said just the idea that a former quarterback's in the Super Bowl and, and Detroit almost had the highest share in the whole country is just, yeah. It, it gives you, you're right, Mark. It gives you an idea. It, the city would explode. Yeah, it's like if you meet your former self and you time travel, you, you, you occupy the same molecules. You, you don't
4: want to do that. Unfortunately, that's we'll, what would happen. We'll never know,
1: though. I think it's like all my ex-girlfriends are listening to this podcast because you know they're just thinking, "Wow, I had no idea he was going to become such a major media uh, mogul with his own podcast in a basement with some guys." Yeah,
0: so they're all listening to regret with, with regret. Is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, out of embarrassment.
1: That wasn't what I was saying, but I. I'm disappointed how you flipped it. You probably were. No, no, no. I am probably cheering I, I, for I,
0: Joe Burrow. I would have regret too, you know, if I left you. But fortunately, uh, you left me.
1: No, it feels like you left me. I love a good lover's quarrel. Uh, yeah. This is this is a good time for Keith to jump in and, uh, <laughs> and break up this clinch. He says, hi, ML. Love the podcast. Local topics, funny banter, and you like craft beer. I'm a home brewer myself. Sorry about your loss on your run for city council. You gave a valiant effort. I enjoyed hearing updates on how you campaigned. So that was the guy who enjoyed those Mm. updates. Everything by the book and above board. Refreshing to hear when we all seem to hear on local news is of the corruption going on in the city. Here's a suggestion for room 7609 Don't Tell Me by Black Mange. Now, I think we've played, or Black Mange. I think we've played Black Mange before. I don't think we played Don't Tell Me. I've listened to every episode and I don't think they've been highlighted. Uh, We have to check check the back catalog, Uh, Keith. I apologize if they already have. Apology accepted. The song is not on iTunes. Not sure if that makes it a song rare or not. Now, Mark, sometimes you have trouble finding the songs we come up with on, on whatever music service. Yeah, not maybe. always.
4: But, yeah, they're, they're, it's always out there somewhere.
1: So I, I think that probably qualifies it as a, as a, as a rare track. But um, anyways, um, Keith says, thanks and keep up the great work. So we we will... We will endeavor to persevere. Uh, Rachel inquires: Can you speak to whether it was known in your media orbit if Frank was slipping mentally towards the end at seven sixty WJR, referring to Frank Beckman, who spent almost half a decade working for WJR as a reporter, as a uh, as a sports uh, uh, I don't want to say comedy. He did play by play, Um, yeah, yeah. and uh, for the Tigers for U of M football,
3: and of course he had the
1: Frank Beckman show in the mornings. I listened to a couple times a week up until his last show and I did not suspect anything like that. He still seemed sharp and witty even as an old boomer recording remote from his house. If you forced my hand, there were times once in a while he'd forget a name, but it was like totally normal for any 70-something or 50-something. <laughs> yeah, for that I that matter, say, or 46-year-old. It's shocking how frighteningly fast his health deteriorated after he left the studio. It reminds me of Joe Pa's cancer taking his life only 11 weeks after he was fired. I don't know that we want to throw... Frank in the Joe Pod category, but maybe this cues up any stories of him you can share. Frank is a legend. No one will ever wear that many hats and do them all so well.
4: We had interviewed him uh, around the time of his retirement. I never would have suspected. Sounded fine.
1: No, so until Kevin Dietz left Fox 2, I was Frank's regular fill-in host at hey. WJR, and he was, you know... So I, you know, okay. So
4: there uh, we go. I'll tell you this now. Here you go, Sean. Story about ML.
1: I would sneak in <laughs> to the studio like just I'm sorry, before I wasn't listening. the show. <laughs> Sometimes while they were reading the nine o'clock news and do the show and then leave right afterwards. And uh, that wasn't always cool. But you know, I was doing two jobs at the time. Frank, who'd been doing it forever, I was told would get there at like five, five thirty in the morning, do prep for two or three hours before he'd go on the show. I mean up until the end, this guy was totally engaged, totally committed. And I saw him uh, actually at a golf course. I was golfing with uh, with Jeff Lesson and uh, and Dan Leach. And, and Frank was walking up as we were leaving. Uh, and I think everybody who knows Frank knows he liked something brown in a glass. He liked a cigar and he liked to golf. He looked fantastic. If anything, he had kind of kind of shaggy hair and I thought Frank Beckman is going hippie mm. look great and we didn't know until last week when his wife announced that he had gone into hospice and that he had some sort of degenerative I believe it was a brain disease that just took his life in in a flash.
4: Gibby told us on the Drew Mike show on Sunday that um, Frank reached out to him to find out his doctor so he knew something was going on but How boy long it. ago? Nah it could not have been that Long, I mean, post-retirement, he hasn't been retired
1: that long. So there was another guy with a a, a great mind, uh, Peter Henning, who was a law professor at Wayne State University, who Jim Schaefer and I met when we were doing the text message scandal. We were getting ready to break the story and we needed a law professor to comment on whether or not the mayor and his chief of staff may have committed perjury. And so you have to be very careful when you reveal something like that to a professor or anybody, any expert that you don't know, because they could go and start talking about it. They could blow your story, you know, and, and, and somebody referred us to Peter Henning and we talked to him and he gave us great advice and he kept it quiet until the story was published. And from about 2008 until 2020, he was the go-to expert for people in the media who needed a smart, cogent comment on public corruption or anything involving uh, the law. Great guy, uh, very quotable, very charming, very nice, super, super human being. And and he died just recently after suffering some sort of affliction that basically robbed him of his memory and caused some sort of dementia, died very young. I think he was quite a bit younger than Frank. He was maybe in his 60s, but... 65. 65. This is a guy who had an amazing... Brain and something happened, and it was taken away from him. And when you see these folks who are very nimble, I, I don't think I agreed with Frank on a lot of political stuff, but um, but you know, very sharp, uh, very adept, and then something happens and it's all taken Sad. away, yeah. it's just you know it It just makes me feel like uh, whenever I'm eligible for social security, I'm going to start drawing. and I'm not going to wait till i'm sixty seven to max it out because you may just get a couple checks before uh, before you check out. So uh, very sorry to see Frank pass. He was always very good to me, even though, like I say, I, I don't think we saw eye to eye on a lot of uh, on a lot of issues, although we both hated corruption in Detroit. But um, yeah, that happened fast. I had no idea, and I think most people just learned about it when it made the news last week. So, uh, you know, our prayers are with, with Frank's family, uh, with Peter Henning's family for that matter. And for anybody who's got a relative who's suffering right now, whether it's, whether it's one of these afflictions we've had forever or this damn COVID thing, um, we wish you guys the best of luck. Um, and, uh, there's no way to get over the morning better than to purchase some Soul Detroit merchant. Is that, was that? Oh, geez. That, <laughs> I just got this in a text from Sean. Sean, that's, I don't think that's appropriate. I, I think we're going to have to keep you out of studio for another week as a suspension. Um, we, uh, we know Sean's cooking up something good. Do uh, you want to tease us, Sean?
0: With the podcast or with the column, let me ask, let me, let me use, use you guys as the well, you, test You're doing so here. many amazing yes, things. Please. I
1: think you're doing an organ transplant later. Just tell us whatever cool thing you're doing Yeah, no, no, no,
0: no. I don't, no, I don't, I don't do anything amazing. That's kind of your role, but, uh.
1: Transplanting that organ from the left hand to the right hand.
0: Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's, 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 what is that? How many sentences now on that joke? Um, <laughs> Too many. Yeah, I would say what, what so. What were you going to ask? Mark. Let me ask yes. you, Mark, because okay. Mark Mike, Mike, we already know Mike has the, the finger on the pulse of the people, but, uh. This idea Apparently of the not. I lost NBA, by
1: twenty points, um, but go ahead.
0: The idea, Mark, that uh, Detroit missed out on having the highest share for the Super Bowl by two tenths of a point, is that worth uh, exploring?
4: Uh, well, I mean, it's it's definitely interesting. I don't know why um, why Detroit would have that much bigger of a share, other than Stafford.
1: Because we haven't seen good football in a long time around here.
0: Well, I think, yeah, for one, it's a great sports talent, too. But, yes, I mean, Stafford, or maybe it's reverse. I I, I don't know. But I just uh, – the mi- the Midwestern cities traditionally do the best with, sure. with the NFL. So so that's part of it, too. But just the idea that they were that close, that, that – I'm going to have to mull on that one. Well,
4: now you're entering that, that fun part of the sports world
0: where nothing goes on. Well, the basketball teams are not really – as compelling as they, exactly. they often are. So that's, uh, and I, I mean, the college basketball teams, yeah. and of course the Pistons and the Wings are, you know, are what they are.
4: And no baseball
0: spring training. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. Although we already have a couple, we have a couple of people down there that are going to sift through a lot of the prospects. So Mike, Mike might be interested in some of that.
4: You can, uh, if you want to write, write about the ratings, uh, write about that. And then uh, why no one cares about the Olympics this year.
0: You know, I actually thought about writing about that last week and the olympic stuff we had done a little bit here and there even Mitch's stuff is is uh, and I don't want to talk out of turn here I don't want to give up proprietary information I just but do it. let's just let's just say the interest hasn't been you know like it, it it's the same way with the ratings on tv it's this it's the coverage is similar right the interest in the coverage is similar
1: Well, that's too bad cuz there's a lot of michigan olympians including I think some of the best players on the men's hockey team, which is doing incredibly well. So. Yeah.
4: Doesn't Justin Ablicator on the U.S. Oh, team? Oh, I don't think he made yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they no, went, they're, No, they
0: went, yeah. Jeff Saddle's Jeff written a, a, a few nice features about uh, some of the Michiganders and Nick Momgarner among them, right? And I and I think there's been interest from in that, but I'm with you, Mark. I don't, I don't think I don't know if it's
4: cares the, about the Olympics. China? Is it
0: because it's in China?
4: Is it the the ski jump being next to the... What looks like Three Mile Island? No, it's because it's in China, and then there's the and not only because of what China is, but the uh, change in the time zone. So you already know all the results if you really care. You can look them up before they happen because you're not watching in the middle of the night. And you know what? We just had an Olympics last year, so maybe we're all Olympic'd out. Doesn't
1: China get the Olympics every year now?
4: Pretty much. Well, He's... it's going to go to a strong man in his country, wherever.
0: wherever you, do you do, do, do you agree bullshit. with the 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 movement, the push we've heard, you know, over the last several years that the, the there should be one site for the summer games and one site for the winter games, and because I think a lot of people are uneasy with the waste and what it does and the structures that just sit there and get moss on them and and that sort of thing. You well, know, there's
4: it's, no it's, more corrupt group of people in the world than the IOC, FIFA comes that's, close. Yeah, and the people IOC are not is awful.
0: They are, and I just think there's a little bit of unease with the corruption. Yeah, and the and the and the wastefulness in these times. I think that's part of it too.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if people care
4: about the wastefulness wastefulness yeah. as much because it's for a big party
1: nobody's not watching the olympics because they're worried that there's yeah. a rundown neighborhood on the other side of beijing that the cameras are not uh no not it's
0: exploring. not that place it's just the overall sense of what's going on in the world and do we really need to go spend all this kind of money I mean, but, but people love no, the but, athletes too so yeah. it's kind of that's yeah. the other thing
4: and there are no huge major u.s stars and you know people like what people want to be entertained they'll watch a show I agree. I, I think I don't think they think that deep about it.
0: No, it's it's more of a something one of those sort of subconscious things you don't true. articulate, true. but you can just feel the world burning. You feel the heat a little bit before, you know, before Could've, you feel the the true inferno.
1: Now your column's done.
0: Yeah, there you go.
1: you <laughs> get one of those transcription programs. And <laughs> I can just listen back and write that again. And get back into your hyperbaric chamber because we miss you. Yeah.
0: I'm right here, boys. <laughs>
1: Uh, this, it's a different the voices I here. hear in my head don't have that kind you, of you guys don't
4: fight like I like to see unless you're in studio,
0: so that's what this is all about. You just being the master pretty puppeteer, much. yeah, pretty much. Yeah, thanks a lot for caring about <laughs> both of us, Mark. And here, here, you position yourself as the reasonable, nice guy among uh, the three of us, and in turn, uh, you're just uh, I just you know, to, yeah, I just being interview. John Malkovich, it's being uh, being
4: ML Wow, um, it was
1: deep, yeah, I'm gonna have to ponder that um well, Sean we'll be back next week. uh we have another great show coming up. We appreciate you uh tuning in thanks to Jerry vile for sticking around for our room seven six oh nine when you want to know about new wave he is uh he was caught in the new wave it was it dragged him out to sea, but he somehow paddled back in to put on the dirty show so thanks jerry org if anybody wants to look into that dirty show dot org mm-hmm. so Dirty Detroit or Dirty Show?
2: DirtyDetroit.com. DirtyDetroit.com.
1: See, he's already changing us, man. This guy's. Well,
2: that's just, a, the
1: other one. He's just a troublemaker. That's, don't that's why have too much traffic. That's that's why Yeah, you don't want to crash the servers. You, you don't want to. What did What did Kim Kardashian did? She broke the internet. Broke The internet. Yeah, yeah with
4: her paper picture. Yep.
1: Yeah. So what I, is I that
2: sh- fist over there that could probably be
4: in the show. It's a fist that's missing two fingers. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to know where the fingers are.
1: Yeah. Somebody's Somebody's walking with a altered gait. So uh, thanks for taking another <laughs> Tuesday with us or wherever you're listening to us. If you're listening to us, that means you didn't see the live broadcast. Uh, go check it out on YouTube. Whatever you do, please subscribe to our channel on YouTube. It's M L Elric. Please follow us on Twitter at Elric, which is at E-L-R-I-C-K, or on Facebook, M-L-E-L-R-I-C-K. And, you know, the rest of the week, you got some time to kill, right? Well, there's the Charlotte Duff No BS News Hour that posts on Friday and every day. There's plenty of great stuff on the Drew and Mike podcast. So until next week, we'll call upon our friend Cyrus before he gets to the dirty show to take us out.
3: Can you dig that? Can you dig it? Can you dig it?
2: (laughs) You have been listening to all of Detroit. (laughs)
1: Clinic, the WOR Mutual Series, which brings you each week one exciting case. One member from the select band of the world's great detectives. Next week, we're especially privileged to bring you Mark Bell, monumental creation, the great detective priest John Winter. The story he'll tell is that world-famous masterpiece, The Oracle of the Dog, in which John Winter. reveals that like Sir Francis, he also understands the unspoken language of all
3: God's creatures.